If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Think to Freedom podcast, where we inspire individuals to use their minds to achieve greatness. We sit down with other entrepreneurs and professionals to give insight on business and personal development. This podcast is sponsored by Red Barn Cajun Crawfish. Red Barn is home to the best tasting seafood, specializing in crawfish, shrimp, and crab. Feel free to visit us online at www.redbarncajuncrawfish.com. Red Barn, we season the meat you eat, not the shells you throw at your feet. Now here's your host, Darius Spells. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Your truly Darius Spells here. We are live in the building again. Think the Freedom Podcast, and I have a special, special guest in the building with me today. It does my heart so well to welcome Miss Lauren G. Jackson in the building. What's going on, Miss Lauren? Hey, nothing much. Just working, working, yeah. and enjoying it. You know, you you do a lot of things. And it's, before we jump into this interview, I want to say, first and foremost, thank you for taking the time out to jump on the podcast to, you know, share your story and help us. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm going to kind of be selfish on this particular podcast episode mm-hmm. so you can help me and you helping me going to help others. And we're just going to talk about it today. We cool with that. Good with I that? love it. Yeah, so before we jump all the way into it, Lauren, for the people who do not know you, let the people know who you are and what you do. Well, I am Lauren Jackson. I am a um, growth mindset coach and also a business strategist. Um, I enjoy working um, with professionals. Um, my niche is professional women, but I found that I've been actually been working with even more men. Um, but I enjoy working uh, with people to really help them follow their their dream. I call it the three C's of pursuit. And so the three C's of pursuit look like this for me, courage, confidence, and consistency. That is the three C's of pursuit. And so I work with clients to help them, you know, increase their confidence, increase their uh, consistency. And then of course, more importantly, their courage, because it takes all of that to really pursue your, your purpose with precision. And so that is what I, that is what I do outside of that. I'm an author. I'm a three-time author um, as well. An Amazon bestselling author. I'm in the process of still writing two more books. Um, So I'm still writing and I'm enjoying that. And also I am a mom of two boys as well. So I am very, very busy, but I'm always busy in purpose. And so that's, it is, it's it's a different busy when you're busy in purpose. Gotcha. Yeah. See, that's a lot. 
So we got a lot to cover today. So so Lauren, let's start from the beginning. Because you wasn't you wasn't always in the position that you are in now. So can you take me back when I was reading the bio or whatnot? Can you take me back through I guess your transformation? I want to start back 2017, 2018. Because I I want to go back the first time I met you. I don't know if you even remember this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was um at Regents Bank on Line Avenue. Was you ever, ever over there? You went over there. Okay, Mm-mm. that was. But and I could, one. but I could, but you know what? It wasn't my branch, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't. I could have been just over there visiting. Because <laughs> I, because I, I, let me tell you, because the, the, the particular day I was over there, I met you through Miss Nicole Jefferson. I was there. I was there then. I was there visiting her because it was her branch, Sherelle. Yep. Uh-huh. That's, I, that's when I first met you and had no idea, but Miss Jefferson, she was over there and you were there that particular day. And that's, and that's my first encounter ever meeting you. So wow. I, I, I just want, I just want to put that, put that on, on record. So take me back to the time around 2017, 2018, when you had uh, a, a change of life and you just go back to this time and then we're going to, Go on with the story, but take yeah. me back to 2018. Man, you took me back to visiting Sherelle at the at the ranch. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's she, how you know now. That's look, how you know. That's and that's my bestie. Um, and the funny part is both of our middle names are Nicole. That's the other funny part. So mm. yeah, she's Sherelle Nicole, and I'm Lauren Nicole. That's the other funny part of this. Yeah. <laughs> and we look alike as well. But um, but nevertheless, 2017, I was still married. I was married at that point for about 10, almost coming up 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went through a divorce and started out in 2018, uh, finalized out in 2019. In Louisiana, you have to be separated for a year before you can finalize. And nevertheless, uh, man, it was so good though. It was, you know, I feel like I, I always tell people, even in that season of my life, like when it was initially, it was really hard. I, you know, initially it was really hard. It didn't become bearable until I understood the purpose. And mm-hmm. Sherelle is actually the reason purposeful pain ever came out. She's the reason I even started writing. We were talking one morning. I was in the bathroom at my house. We we're on the phone and she said, do you write down the things you say? And I was like, who does that? Like, who talks on the phone? Like, let me go write that down. You're like, no one does that. And I wasn't a writer. My background is in banking. I've been in the banking industry for right at 15 years. So I'm a numbers girl, right? I'm a lender. Like, these are the things that I do. And um, never was considering writing at all. And she suggested that I start writing down stuff. And so if you know her, then you know that she does not let stuff go. Like, sis, hold on, okay, till you want to let her go. And um, But nevertheless, you know, I needed that. And I did start writing. And so as I was going through my divorce, I was literally writing. Um, And so when people read it, it's like my naked, like, unfiltered truth of, like, what I was dealing with, where I was. And... As I really began that season of writing and just understanding like this, this was bigger than me. I didn't want to just go through a divorce. I, I come from a divorce uh, family. My parents were married 21 years and, and divorced. So I did like half the time, you know, um, you know, so divorce has been around my family quite a bit. I've aunts have been divorced, things of that nature, but I didn't want to just be divorced. I wanted to heal on purpose because all I kept getting in that season as unsol- I call it unsolicited advice was 
don't move on too fast. I was like, so what do you do? I'm in sales. Um, you just got to know how to move on. Like this is not, I'm in a job that, that requires you to hear a note and keep moving to the next person. I cold call, I warm call. Like, what are you talking about? And so I remember telling my mom, who's also my editor, she's launched her business since helping to edit and transcribe my first book. And I said to her, you know, I'm, I'm going to heal on purpose. I was like, if the world, and at the time, I felt like the world was watching, right? The world was not watching. But, you know, you feel like that in that moment. Well, what makes you think we feel like that? Because I can definitely attest to that. So when things go on, we feel like everybody. Everybody. Everybody knows. Why do we feel like that? It's that insecurity of not being perfect that makes us feel that way. Mm. See, I struggled with perfection. I wanted to be perfect at everything I did. I, I graduated high school in three years. I went to college in four years and was done. I, you know, like everything that I did, even it was my whole life's been a strategy, right? Mm-hmm. When I graduated high school, I graduated high school with like college credits. So when I went to Northwestern, I already had like college credits already. You talk about overachievers. So when you think about even like yourself, there is your overachiever. So people that are overachievers are also people that struggle with perfectionism. So anytime we feel like we're failing at something or it's not perfect, then at that point, we feel like, oh, my God, the whole world. sees It's just this dramatic thing that we do. Um, And that's what makes us feel that way. And the enemy does, too. He makes you feel like, well, there is everyone's looking at you. Everyone knows that your business isn't doing this or, or your life isn't this way or, you know, like they, and it, it almost, um, it, it almost makes you become stagnant where you're just like, I don't want to do nothing. You know, I don't do anything, um, because of it. And so that's how I felt. But I, I remember telling my mom and it was, it was really connected to an old trigger room wound because my, parents are both in ministry. My dad's a pastor. My mom is, she's just got ordained. I'm sure you may have seen on my social media. I think it's about two weeks ago now. My mom was ordained. So clearly I come from a, a, a bloodline of ministers. Like people in my family are ministers. My mom has eight sisters. I, I think it's one of those things on our family. Like if you marry a woman from my bloodline, you can become a minister. Like <laughs> we just make them. I don't, I don't know what that's about. And so, you know, I grew up in a little small town. I'm from Opelousas. So I'm from a small town. And so when my parents went through divorce, I felt like everybody knew my parents were going through divorce. So when it was my turn, I felt like everybody knew I was going through divorce. It was like this trigger. And I said to my mom, I said, you know, if the world's watching, I'm going to give them something to watch. I'm going to help people heal on purpose. Because Mm -hmm. one thing about an alpha female, alpha personality period, because I coach men that are alpha dominant personalities, which I love, is that you can't keep us down. It's okay. like we just, if you back us into a corner, that's like, I love language. It's like, <laughs> but there is a thing for it. It's called mental agility. It's a mm, real I thing. Yeah, yeah, mental agility. And people that are mentally agile are people that like challenges. Our biggest fears are being content or complacent. So yeah. we're always, we're always pushing you know, past that status quo because our fear is not what the average person's fear is. Gotcha. I mean, that's true though, because I definitely suffer from trying to be too perfect. I don't look right. I don't want to post this. I don't want to worry about what people are going to think. I just recently got to the point for me personally. Um, I got to the point to where like, I just didn't care. Especially I got, it was a point of time in life to where I, I was down to the, to the, 
bare minimum and having some money and mm-hmm. old little things going on. And I thought about like, bro, at the end of the day, ain't nobody gonna care about I don't have any money or the business failing because it's at the end of it's on me and with social media and everything going on, people got their own lives. I'm like, you know what? I don't even care no more effort. It is what it is. I'm just rolling with the punches. And however it goes, gonna go. So one thing about it, I ain't never gonna quit. You know what I mean? So once I got yeah. over that point, I just started living. And I started feeling better. So, but that is definitely true. Ah, you really hit home with that. And you know what's so funny? Right before I got on this live with you, um, I posted on my on my Facebook and I shared it to my Instagram story and I said, um, the messy message is purpose. Mm. Like one person's, oh, your story is messy is another person's this that like your story is a whole message. It's all about perception. It's gotcha. all about perception. Perception and purpose is a messy message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you Having that mind, do you think coming from a small town, a small place like Opelousas and uh, me and Shreveport, do you think that plays a part too? Feeling like everybody in your business or everybody? No, you think, do you think being from a small place play a major part in that feeling as well? Absolutely. And and honestly, too, we put more pressure on ourselves than other people because I had people like even to this day who now I can't go anywhere without somebody knowing me. And I do mean anywhere like I've been in. I've been in Mexico at the airport. So I'm like, hey, I got your book. I'm like, All right, well, good. I'm not out here just being a thought. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. That ain't, I ain't on no secret rendezvous that people just see, you know, because you become the spotlight, right? And it's like, I'm like, listen, I can't go anywhere. And even my girlfriends will tell you, especially my friends that have been with me since college, they're like, going somewhere with Lauren is like, just be, be prepared to be social because somebody <laughs> is going to know her. But I will say the blessing out of all of that was that even when I got moved into mortgage, um, after leaving business banking with Capital One in 2017, when they did away with my role, they did away with the, the whole area, the whole business department, you know, they, cause oh. Capital One's really a credit card bank is how they started. And so they did away with mortgage investments, business banking. And I went back to Regions Bank, which is where home was for me anyway. I'd been there eight years before I was recruited by Capital One oh. and I came back in mortgage and I can recall um, one of the realtors that ended up working with me said to me, she's, and it's funny because I believe it's chapter seven of purposeful pain. And I talk about like being out, God had told me to not go out. Like he told me not to go out and we don't keep it hot, right? We can keep it hot, honest, transparent, yeah. cause I'm gonna yeah. keep it a stay. Keep it a thousand. <laughs> and I went out and I remember when I wrote it, I was thinking, God, you want me to tell me? It's like, uh. And um, I decided I wanted to go hookah. So you, I like to hookah. I do. Now, keep in mind, I ain't did it in like four years, but it's really my thing. Like if I could, if I could just go hookah, like your girl's not a hookah, right? So, mm-hmm. but I haven't hookahed in forever. And nevertheless, that night I wanted to go out and hookah. I'm a country girl. So I want to sit outside. You know, mm-hmm. I want to sit outside. I just want hookah and I want to go home. I don't really want to be talked to it. I don't really want to be bothered. I'm very great at being alone. And um, 
God was like, don't go out tonight. And I was like, mm, well, God, I'm going to go early. I'm going to go like when it first opened, you know, like eight o'clock. No one's there at eight o'clock. <laughs> and by the time yeah. the people start coming in, I'm going to be gone. Baby, I go downtown, mm-hmm. decide to do what I'm going to do. And bef- and I recorded right before I left. And in the, my recording, I literally had a, a vision of my ex- my now uh, ex-husband um, coming up and like, and, and it being this very awkward moment, you know, and um, one of my realtors that ended up being, and, and it happened too, just so you know, the vision literally happened to the T because I stayed longer than what I went, what I realized I'd had a good time. And I was just, so pretty. I was just as country as I wanted to be like, I was at the house. Yeah, Somebody came up to me and was like, Hey, do you have some books on you? I'm like, really? <laughs> right now? Right now? Somebody bought a book. I just can't make this crap up, right? Uh, I've had people buy books. I'm like, okay, God, I'm just not going to. Clearly, you're telling me this is not the place for me to be anymore. But nevertheless, one of my realtors, um, when I when um, I went, started going through my divorce, she said to me, she said, that night I saw you out. She said, the way that I watched you handle yourself, I don't think I could have done it. She said, and I watched you. And by that point, it was like a ton of people had came, people that we both knew. And I'm just like, inside, I can't even get mad. I can't even get mad. The Holy Spirit already told me not to go do it, right? So I couldn't get mad. And I was just like, wow, God, you really don't be playing with me. And so um, I literally came back home that night when I got home at like one o'clock in the morning. And um, and it was completely fine. Yeah, I was supposed to be gone by 10. But by 10. I, I came home at one. It was raggedy. And, um, but you know what? The interaction was actually fine. And mm. I didn't think it would be. I was one. I was like, sir, I'm going to be praying. I don't really know how this going to go. But it really was perfectly fine. But what I had to do was come back home. So I like one something in the morning. I get home and I record my transparency. So in purposeful pain, there's like steps because I'm really big about giving steps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very good about practicalities, but then I'm really good about transparency because I want people to know that like, I'm not telling you something I didn't live. Every book I've ever written, I've lived. So I'm not, I can't stop writing until I'm done living it. And so I, I shared that moment. And so when she came back later and tell and told me about it, I was like, I wrote about that. And she was mm-hmm. like, that was when I saw how you handled yourself under pressure. I knew that as a mortgage officer, that if you could handle yourself like that under pressure, you could handle anything else under pressure. Mm. I was blown away. And, you know, life has been really good from that point. And I love what you said, Darius, about no longer caring about other people and allowing that. And I call it trauma. Because it is, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a traumatic feeling when you're people pleasing. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Unnecessary pressure too. Unnecessary pressure. Unnecessary pressure. And so it, um, it changed my life and I'm forever grateful for it. Like, I'm so grateful. I'm like David when he says it was good that I had been afflicted. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you know, after after God had after he even got out there bad she but killed the husband and got to kill the child. He was like, you know, but it was good that I had been afflicted so I could understand your ways, God. Man, that's heavy. That's heavy though. So I got some I got so many other questions. So check this out though. I got another question. What do how do you feel 
um, the overall climate of um, of growing as doing a the nine to five and entrepreneurship balance. I'm gonna tell you what I believe. I believe there is no balance. I feel like you can't have balance. I feel like I move or operate as if there is no balance, but you have to make time. That's how I feel about balance. How do you feel about balance? Mm, I actually, so I don't know if you know this or not, but I left mortgage September uh, 15th. This year? Really? Look yeah. at that. I didn't know that. I, did. I didn't know. I did. Okay. So let's go. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's start there. So, okay. You were doing more. What made you leave September 15th? What happened? What happened? So September 12th, the morning of September 12th, I had snakes in my dreams. I literally had a dream that snakes were in my home and I was killing them with a little plastic baseball bat that my son got. Mm-hmm. And in real life, I'm afraid of snakes. But in my dream life, I was not. And I was killing them. And um woke up the next morning. That was a Monday morning. And I looked up what it meant because I've never had snakes in my dreams before. And when I looked it up, it means transition. Snakes in your dreams, just so you all know who are listening, it represents transition because snakes cannot live unless they shed old skin. If they don't shed, they'll die. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was September 12th. I told God the week prior to that, I was like, I knew that the season was going to be coming up that I was going to have to leave. And my very great friend, um, Alicia Pipkin, shout out to her. Um, when I came to work with her on her team back in 2019, um, I said to her, I was like, look, I'll never leave you to go work for another mortgage company. When I leave you, it'll be for purpose, but it'll never be for to go do the same thing somewhere else. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, re- I'm not going to retire doing this. I knew that because I knew what I was called to. But I also knew that I was a bridge for people because whenever people were buying homes and I was financing, they were meeting God mm. in a way they never experienced him before because I don't leave him out of anything. And so I had one more client that I was like, God, look, I'm going to have to be with this client because I don't think they're going to make it with nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> the way that the they war. carry, they're not going to be able to be left with somebody else. So I'll take this one for the team. And then whenever you're ready for me, cool, September 14th, I the deal went from approved and ready to we ain't going nowhere in a matter of 48 hours. And um, but I, I never leave out of my home office until like nine o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night. Even when I have my kids, like I'll stop for a minute, get them straight. I'm back in here till ten o'clock at night. And um, that happened at like six thirty in the afternoon. I'll never forget it. And I hold the heard the Holy Spirit saying, "I'll quit." And I was like, "Excuse me." He's like, "Not quit." Mm. Now that that's not going anywhere. You said that you wouldn't consider it unless that until that was done. Now it is done. It's finished. Quit. I walked out of my office, got up on the 15th, and he was like, all right, now you can quit. And I was on the phone with my girlfriend, Nadia Wilson. This is why it's so good to have great counsel in your life. She and I talked for like four hours that day. Didn't plan to at all. And um I, as we were talking, the Holy Spirit had me to look up the number 14. Number 14 biblically means rest. Mm. 
the number 15 means restoration and new deliverance. Mm. So the day I told her, hey, this is it. It was the day of the day of new deliverance. It was in the numbers. And I am going to write a book on biblical biblical numbers, like how to find God in the numbers, because it is that serious. And um, because everything is about timing and order. And so I knew then, like, it's time to go. And so I just went and it literally opened up so many doors for me. Mm. And I just free falled. And I won't say that it hadn't had moments when it's like, oh, this is tough. But I will say this. I've never had a moment where I thought, oh, I should go back to my, no, I ain't thought that. <laughs> I don't miss it. <laughs> now, my clients miss me. I still get calls because my number don't change. But I don't Ooh. miss it. I don't okay. miss it at all. Mm, especially when you jump out there. Yes. We have to lean on faith, though. That's a fact. You know, um, because, I mean, entrepreneurship in general is about faith. And I had to pick myself up sometimes because, you know, we get weary. Things mm-hmm. don't go our way. I'll be the first to tell you. I get in the slump almost like, but I have to understand, I can't be talking, believing if I really don't believe. I have to catch myself. like, Because at this far, I haven't been, he haven't left me this far. So I haven't came this far to get left now, but I feel like that'd be the flesh sometimes. That'd be All the time. flesh. That'd be the flesh. And, and you see your way through. So I, I definitely understand it. That's crazy. You you have me right now. I call it the inner me. You got yeah. the inner me and then you have the inner me. Can you break that down? So the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, right? He the one that's accusing you of everything you ain't doing. And then your I-N-N-E-R, your inner me, is trying to tell you like, are you sure? It's making you question. So you got the mm-hmm. enemy that's accusing you of what you're not doing. And your inner me is questioning, is this right for you to be doing? Okay. So sometimes you got to, you know, I tell my coaching clients, you know, when you go to those mental Zoom meetings that you pay with your destiny. And there is a destiny credit card out there for people, but this is not that. But there is a credit card. It's called destiny card. But there's also a thing called your purpose and it's connected to your destiny as well. So when you use your destiny card to go to these mental Zoom meetings that only you go to where you're critiquing yourself, where you're self-doubting yourself, where you're overthinking, mm-hmm. you're paying with your destiny. That's why when I did the Zoom, I did a Zoom about a webinar about a month or so ago. And it's called Des- uh, it's called overthinking the destiny killer. Because people don't realize that that overthinking killing your destiny. You, you're paying with your destiny. They don't take cash. They take your destiny. <laughs> oh, man, that's big. You're right, though. And you're the only one there. So there's no one else to say, Darius, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken all his seed begging bread. Thanks. So mm-hmm. when you don't have that, you on this Zoom meeting, the PowerPoint are your failures. And you're the only one watching it. That's why people outside of you always see your greatness before you do. Because if your mind can't think it, then you're never going to perceive what's going on. So even though I can say, Darius, you are phenomenal. You're thinking, yeah, but I don't really know because I ain't. But you're sitting here with me, but your mind is thinking, 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You don't know what I did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. That's real though. Oh man. You hit on the head because I promise. I promise. It's a it's a daily journey. Mentally, physically, the, the whole shebang. You know what I mean? But I'm just glad you 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 talking about this because people need this. I need it. Everybody needs this. Cause we have to steady motivate. I have motivation. Cause every day. Because I learned this too. And my coach told me, um, people always talk about being consistent. Consistency is key. You got to be consistent with what you're doing. But he ended up telling me, um, the only way you can be consistent is if you are, if you have a rhythm, rhythm in the morning. What's your rhythm like? You can't be, you can't be consistent if you don't have a rhythm. If your morning routine not together, afternoon, even the time not together because on the way it's going to be together if you got a rhythm. And the only way you're going to be in rhythm is if you're in your purpose. So if in your purpose, you'll stay consistent in your rhythm. So let me ask you a question. So how do you know or how can you feel that you are in your purpose? Because some people be like, man, I don't know what my purpose is. I'm just moving. How do you know? How do you know so you can tap into that? Guess you can tap into your, what your, um, guess you can call it what your superpowers. How do mm-hmm. you know? When it pains you. So, you know, when people say, um, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, mm-hmm. that's their purpose. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that annoys you the most. It's the thing that you can't stand. It's the thing that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. So that means you can't leave it. Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't even give it to somebody else. That's the cross. That's the heavy mantle. Every business that I am creating or I have created is tied to a pain that I've had. That's why I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Because I had to live through it. And one thing you said about the routine, and you know this to be a fact because you you work out with JJ as well. He always says, and I'm sure you've heard him say this, the enemy is not after you. He's after your routine. Yeah, he said it all the time. Because he's right. Because he can't stop you, but he can influence you to stop if he messes up your routine. And us type A personalities, we like control. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Control is our love language. (laughs) (laughs) Control is our love language. And we like it, but we fail to do it when it's actually profitable. Why can't you control your routine? That's actually profitable. Mm. But we don't. We start and we stop and we start and we stop and we start and we stop. And as you stop and we start and we go in the circle, like Jonathan McReynolds talks about, that's how he keeps you in cycles. Because he's learning from your mistakes even when you don't. Because we're not sitting with it. Like before we got on this podcast, you and I were talking about what I'm doing uh, this upcoming week. And I said, I'm going to Phoenix to hike and I'm going by myself. Yeah. Because all the greats go to the mountains to get instructions. Which means they had to hike to get there. Yeah. 
And so when you think about the mountains and the hiking, you think about process. You don't just get to the top. And I go and I hike Pinnacle Peak. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the mountain. I don't care what else is out there. I think this time I'm going to try to find a couple other, but I'm going to hike Pinnacle Peak October 29th, period. 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 It's no question. My mom said, called me. She's like, hey, I'm going to be preaching in Houston on this weekend. That sounds good, girl. Can't make it. Why? I got to be about my father's business. There's some instructions that I've got to get. So you got to be willing to be isolated and elevated. I'm going to be isolated and elevated. Pinnacle Peak. Gotcha. In order to get the instructions, because it's that serious. So when you think about your purpose, how do you know it? It's what annoys you. It's what you can't stand. It's what gets on your nerves. You're not going to change something that doesn't bother you, but you'll change something that does. That's purpose. Gotcha. You know what? I'm, I I just didn't add coming out of that because, you know, we know a lot of people and whatnot, but moving, because we kind of just left. We had planned it. We had planned it. You know, we was already had already spoke it. Thing was just aligning to be able to make mm-hmm. the move. But I'm gonna tell you now, since I left, like just left home, I ain't never been this isolated. I'm isolated now. I'm isolated. Like my best friend is here. We get together once a week. But other than that, because he's a he do he do his thing. He he good. But me coming out here, I'm definitely isolated to where I catch myself. I'm up early in the morning. I'll be like, no, I got to get to where I can have some peace. And I'll work together. But now I find myself, I'm in my isolation system, my isolation season. So I know once, however it go, it's going to go. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I, definitely, I definitely feel that because I, I guess I needed to learn how to be alone. <laughs> Oh, we gonna go there today, anyway. <laughs> I had to learn how to be alone, like man. So, how did you deal with that? And how are you dealing with it now? Because you, like I said, you going hiking alone right now. Then you just put on my heart, like now I'm sitting thinking about all the Bible stories. I'm like, man, most of them boys they did go to the mountaintop and had to go alone, leading behind most, come by yourself. I'm like, man, that really, the Bible really play a lot into this into the life that we live in 110%. But how did you deal in getting over the point? Okay, I can't be around a lot of people. I need to be isolated. I know people are going to feel some type of way, but I got to do it because it's in, it's in my soul. But how do you deal with that? See, that's the, the isolation dom- part. That's the dominance in us. See, one thing about dominant people, you can't tell them what to do. You kind of have to influence them what to do, right? So because we have that thing about us, we got, we're going to, which is beautiful because we're going to do something I shared yesterday with the women at the, um, the SBDC. Mm-hmm. I always say that extraordinary people do what ordinary people won't. That's why the word is extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary people do what ordinary people won't. That's why the people who tell you, Darius, I wouldn't have did that. Correct. <laughs> We know. You read it. And that's exactly how I got past the torch because your laziness brought it over here. Okay. So God knew what he couldn't trust you with, but he knew what he could trust me with. When I got very, very isolated, to be honest with you, what people didn't know about me is that 
like my ex-husband, he's like a, he's, he's more of a, he, he's like intra and extroverts at times, but he's always really more like loving and like nurturing. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, was always standoffish. Mm, really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Most of most of my best friends didn't like me at first. We didn't like I me. Mean, even Sherelle. Sherelle and I tell the story all the time. Sherelle and I didn't like each other when we first met. I wouldn't speak to her in real life. <laughs> I don't I, I, I you see it, but hey, that's crazy though. Oh man, okay. Because I have to sense energy first. Mm. You, you know, being a PK, people think because you're a preacher's kid, everybody just I don't do all that. I have to sense energies first. So like now me being more extroverted, it's almost, it's it's almost more of a, like it's more work. Cause it's not my natural ability is to honestly, I like to be alone, especially if I'm facing something hard. If I'm facing something really tough, my parents won't hear from me. Like I, if you text me, I'll respond. Right. But I, I just don't actively look for conversations or I'm not going out and having drinks. And also too, what I found Darius is that, um, limiting people's access to you is, is healthy. I call that boundaries, which is why I don't think I answered your question on balance. Let me answer it here and roll it in together. That is why I do believe that there is balance. It's just, it's just hard work to get it because people, when you have a title, Darius, people feel entitled to you. That's why title and entitlement hang out. Mm, okay. When you think about the word entitlement, the word title is in there. True. So when people feel entitled to your time, <laughs> you got to have, you have to have enough awareness and a framework that figures out this is a line or not. For me, before I pursue a friendship of any sort, I'm going to watch you for a while because I don't listen to what you say. I listen to what you do. Listen and watch because if you don't like, if you don't, um, if you're not in alignment with my values, whether, and this could be from business to romantic relationship to friendship, it doesn't matter to me. If you're a person that doesn't have plans and you don't have a relationship with God, we probably not going to have a relationship unless I'm coaching you, but you're not going to be like over me. You know, I'm not going to submit to that because Mm -hmm. Dominant people only submit to people that they trust. Thanks. Gotta trust. And most people can't prove trustworthy because they can't stay consistent. They'll tell you one thing. They'll come for a week. And then the next week, you can't find them in the daytime with a flashlight. Mm. So I was always really good at having boundaries. Even when I manage people, Mm -hmm. I could fire you Christmas week. They face me now. You know why? Because I couldn't want it for you more than you wanted it for you. You know what your bills look like at home. You know what your kids... I didn't go find you and beg you to come to my job and work for me. You found me. You the problem. Yes. I had to get over that hurdle too because I was enabling people. Trying to look out for people all the time. Like, oh man, he got good potential, but uh, she got good potential, but they steady showing me. And God was like, all right, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep having them on there. Not look at you. It costs you more than I ain't it. You still yeah. got to have meetings with them every week. About it. Mm-hmm. What you going to do? You can't save everybody, son. Mm-mm. 
and I, I had to get over there too. Man, what you need? I'm like, because I understand, I understand where, I understand how I feel not to have it or need. Man, I just need a little, a little cushion. But sometimes I can't interrupt. I have to learn. I, I can't interrupt your lesson. I'm coming in on your lesson, and your lesson becoming my lesson. It ain't supposed to be for me, but it, but it's costing. Once I got over that part, I had called Miss Olam. That's the that's the manager of the store. I said, Miss Olam, it's over with. Tell such and such that 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 it's done deal. Uh-huh. That that spirit had convicted me. What you gonna do, right? And and most of the time, time that we sit there uh, wondering, pondering on decisions, we already know what we want to do. We just running from. It. Don't want to face it. <laughs> Well, I don't want to have that tough conversation, but once I like, you know what? Sometimes you you can't stop that conviction, and and once I had got convicted, I like, yeah, it's over. With. Let's do it right now. But ever since I made that decision, man, it's been breezy. Now I'm like, well, the word says, lay aside every weight that so easily besets us. <laughs> you preach. I gotta make some noise. Yeah. You appreciate these they last side every week. And that's a part of it. And that's where ba- I believe balance can happen, but it's gonna take extraordinary measures to get there. That's why most people don't experience balance because they don't want to experience process, routine, automation. Very very similar to running a business. You need to have those emails on automation. That means you gotta be organized. Most of us ain't organized, yeah. me included. I've had to work on, I'm like, oh my God, let me organize. Now I have to organize my emails. I have to organize my, why? Because you can't live in chaos and expect people to follow you. Habakkuk 2 and 2 says, write the vision and make it plain so that men can, can read it and that they can also execute it. People can't read what you never wrote. You can't unlock a door with keys you never had. So it takes you doing the work. Isolation is my favorite place to be. Some of the best lessons I, I learned were in my hard seasons. And I'm even in a hard season now. I wouldn't mm. change it though. Purposeful pain has given me more than life could ever afford me. Gotcha. I wouldn't change it. Because I understand I'm seeing the big picture. The lessons I've learned on this journey, people ask me all the time, are you dating? Even my mother, they're like, are you going to ever Never is. I'm exclusive. <laughs> I, I'm ex- I'm exclusive, and I mean that in the most respectful, humble. I'm exclusive. Ooh, exclusive. I'm exclusive. My friendships are exclusive. Yeah. Where I give my time to, it's exclusive. I rather you play with my money than my time. I can't get that back. Yes. I'm exclusive. So being exclusive means that, like, I can't talk with everybody. Because I'm also an empath. I can feel your energy. I'm prophetic. So I can hear what you're not saying. And I can see what's next. And I can know what you're hiding. So it's like, I can't play. You can't. I can't play with you. And you can't play with me. Mm. And in all of these different seasons, God has been teaching me and showing me. Because I didn't have the roadmap on. I didn't have a blueprint on how to have the perfect marriage. So when God put me in the season of having to go through a divorce, that year of separation... I did more apologizing to my ex-husband than anything. I was like, I was raggedy. How you? Baby, I'm just glad you made it. Really? You had you had a come with the Jesus moment, really? Like that? It was like that for you? I was horrible. My mouth was terrible. 
Man, you know, be abused, say something like that. I was mean. I could write a book on the stuff that man was right about. <laughs> I told him, I said, hey, why don't I write a book about the crap you just be right about? Thanks. That's great. Thanks. Awareness brings clarity. I'm good to him now because I don't feel like I was that great for a long time. I feel like, listen, babe, I owe you. Let me just, I'm just be good to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I got your cruise gift, your birthday gift, your Father's Day gift. I ain't missing a year. You have it. Even in our separation, he still got his birthday gift, still got Christmas gift. You didn't miss a year. Man. That's respect. That's like, that's being a woman. And it's not about, well, I want to be with this person. No, you're kind of out of alignment. But I'm just grateful for the training because somebody else didn't get that. When I'm coaching and I'm working with couples, like I, I coach a lot of different Different things outside of just what I even shared, especially when I'm working with like married couples. Oh, Darius, it's like it's next level because I'm with versions of myself. And I'm like, listen, you about to fumble the bag, sis. Like, hey, you don't even know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need you to be an Abigail to his David right now. OK, you out here being Jezebel. That's not it. You out here popping your dick. That's not it. And so I'm grateful for all the hard lessons because it made me a better woman. Now, in this next season, when God brings a person into my life, because I know that I'm going to be remarried again because of my next level of assignment, I've got to have a certain level of covering. You see behind me is a world map. Yeah. I told you I'm a country girl. Yeah. Because I'm for I'm for the countries. I'm not from I'm not for the cities. I'm not a city girl. Mm-hmm. I don't have limitations. I'm a country girl because I'm from the nations. That's why you see a world map that says she's going places, not a U.S. one. So that level requires a person that has that type of global mindset. I can't be with somebody that has, you know, bird, you know, like duck mindset. It's got to be global. You can't Miami me all day. I go enough to Miami. I like Miami. You can't Miami me all day. That's not, that's not appealing to me. Yeah. I need someone that understands, hey, global is where we're going with this world impact. So what am I saying? I had to understand that it wasn't personal. It was purposeful. Mm. How am I going to help change people's minds about relationship? My ultimate goal when I die, when I die, I want people to say that because I live, their relationships got better. Mm. I want to change the way we connect on purpose. And that means I have to change the home life because it starts at home. So if the home life is trash, the school life is going to be trash. Because them kids are in that. And then when they get to these schools and we see them killing each other and shooting and they're angry, they're angry because no one's at home allowing them to use their lips to articulate what their heart is, heart is feeling. Because you so stressed with what you got going on, go to the room, I won't talk to you. You have no idea that you're giving them no tools on how to truly be vulnerable. So they're just angry. Gotcha. So my goal is that for, for Lauren, I don't have the luxury of some folk. I can't choose wrong again. I gotta choose right because it's not about me. If it was about me, Darius, to be honest with you, I'd be like my father. My daddy never remarried. My parents divorced. I was 16. I'm 35. He is perfectly fine. Me and my dad go on dates. I shoot my shots. I'm like, Hey, boo. <laughs> I'm planning this for us. His birthday is coming up November 1st. So shout out to the Scorpios out here. One time was a Scorpio. Yes, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna show out to him. That's my trainer because I didn't value my daddy growing up. Mm. 
It wasn't until I went through my divorce and my daddy became like this. Then I realized I was just like my daddy. I was like, oh my God, we have too much to like. But now we're besties. We hang out. I spend time. Um, like that's the love of my life. So this next season, the next man that gets me, baby, I, he gonna be favored. You gonna say I'm gonna be like, listen, everything yeah. in my life increased. Ooh. He gonna be sending Christmas gifts to like, wait, what? Who do us? Let me send him a Christmas gift, baby. Thank you. Okay. How you made it? Okay. We glad. <laughs> We glad that listen, shout out to listen when y'all when my future has become don't hang with him if your wife ain't on my lip. Don't hang because you'll be drove. Gonna be drove. Like, you know what Lord be doing at the house? Oh. I mean, like I got some sense. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it too bad. You know. Yeah. Let y'all come to the marriage retreat center that I'm building. Okay. We speaking into existence. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. So look. It's already LLC. Ooh, look at that. Makes some noise. <laughs> but we get out of here now. I, I, I do want to break these couple things down and we're going to get out of I know your time is very, very limited. So can you speak on the importance of having a mentorship and a coach? Because um, a lot of people be like, oh, I don't need that. But I'm like, sister, you need it. Can you express the importance of a mentorship and a coach? So, yes, and I agree with you 1,000%. And before we all start, all of the greats of the 1% have coaches. Your Oprahs have coaches. So check your 1% and see who they're surrounded by. They have coaches because coaches are like, coaches are like um, rubber bands. They stretch you. They make you open to more. They don't just leave you down there in your little circle. They stretch you so you can you can actually do more than what it appears you can do. That's a word for somebody. Mm-hmm. So from that, <laughs> they also your mentors, they help check your blind spots. My my mentor came from a season when I was like, I don't even like him. Told you most most valuable people in my life. I didn't like it one season. Jonathan Reynolds is, is my mentor. He's been my mentor since I worked under him in like yeah. 20 15 or something he became my dad and i call him paul like little house on the perry paul like paw uh because he just has that old soul energy but he's full of wisdom and um you know every every decision i've ever made career-wise i've always talked to him first so I believe in that, right? I believe in that. And so from a coaching mentorship perspective, if you want to be able to check your blind spot so you don't have accidents, that's what they're for. And a coach helps you to navigate how to get to where you're trying to get. Well, a mentor more so can sometimes, you know, let you shadow them, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they come along and they kind of give you direct feedback, or implementation where coaching empowers you to implement on your own and they hold you accountable to what you said you was going to do. Mm, gotcha. That's important. Very important. If you, if you want to really be successful and have real impact, then you're going to need other people, which is why the word tells us that where two or three are gathered, he said, then I'll be in the midst. He didn't say it was just one. Now he gives, when he gives a call, that ain't a conference call. It's an inner call. Only you can hear what I'm saying 
And even then you may say something. I'm like, well, I ain't really say it like that. It's your ear gates. Man. Sure, your eggs. Ah, shout out to Coach Kendall, man. Coach Kendall Pickman, what's going on, bro? I See? appreciate you. Cause he didn't stretch me this year. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what he blew my mind before we get out of here. He was like, we had a, we had a conference back in June. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, you know, yeah, it's cool. We had to, you know, we had to retreat. We sitting there, we talking to each other, but you know, we do this every ninety days. <laughs> so. If we doing this every 90 days, if I see you again, when I see you again in 90 days, you shouldn't be the same. I said, ooh. <laughs> I said, ooh. You should have something different to tell me. Yep. I'm like, hmm. You know what, Cole? You're right. I made sure 90 days, it was something, it was something different. <sighs> That's crazy. That's crazy. All right. Long before we get out here. Um, can you tell the people how can they get in touch with you? How can they be a part of part of your of your programs and your ministry and also leave one good gem or tip that you just want to leave for the people so that they can be helped and be blessed in whatever they're doing in their endeavors? Sure. So you can follow me. Um, I'm on social media, so Facebook, Coach Lauren J. Uh, I am Coach Lauren J. Instagram, um, Total Woman Academy, and also Coach Lauren J. Um, so Total Woman Academy is actually my course and membership. It's our community of faith for women. And so um, you can definitely connect with us there. Um, my website is laurengjackson.com. Very easy to find. laurengjackson.com. Subscribe. You'll always know what I'm doing because I'm always doing Um and also, what other thing you told me? Yeah, so that's how to get in contact with me. That's that's the quick, easy way to get there. Um, the gym to leave with to empower and inspire someone that's listening right now. A cracked glass can't hold water, so watch who you pour into, because mm. it could be just making a mess. Mm. Oh man, make some noise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Lauren, I sure appreciate you for coming through. Before we get out of here, this episode is sponsored by Red Barn, Cajun Crawfish, and Seafood. We'll be seasoned to meet you eating at the shelf you throw at your feet. When this episode come out, we're going to be having, we're going to have the keys to the Dallas location. I ain't going to tell y'all the address because I'm still looking at about two or three more places. But by the time this come out, the Dallas location will be in effect open up January 2023, man. So. Make sure y'all stay with us. Keep it locked with us, man. We gonna take over Texas with that Cajun cuisine, man. But, uh, Lauren, I thank you. I appreciate you. If I can ever be a service to you, please don't hesitate to tap in with me. I got you. Thank you. I surely will. Sure will. All right, y'all. If our hearts and minds are clear, I'm gonna see y'all when I see y'all. You dig.